This is the Splitting Hairs Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I was most impressed, probably, by the way Keaton moved within the pocket. Cave Johnson, again, we got to see out in the open field. He's just, he's just special in the open field. So it's awesome. It's good. And now we, you know, we just need some someone to step up and own this position. Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan. Welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast by Jack Abbott Illustrated. Matt and Kyle with you again tonight. Kyle, how you doing? Feeling good. Just trying to adjust to a little daylight savings time that we've got going here. How about yourself? Yeah, doing all right. It's been a productive week so far, but uh, excited for, for Saturday to get here again in another Jackrabbit game. So, yeah, we're, we're doing all right. It was uh, here, here in my small little town in Minnesota, it was election, uh, obviously election day nationwide, uh, but we had a school referendum going down tonight. So, yeah, that's the big news in my little part of the world. Nice people doing their civic duty and contributing. That's always good. <laughs> yeah, it was the it was the only thing on the ballot, yes or no. So <laughs> it, it was pretty interesting uh, going in, uh, but it looked like a good crowd, and they said it'd been pretty steady. So that was kind of cool. So people people yeah. taking advantage of their right to vote. That's good, man. And they, hopefully one day we can have some type of a direct democracy type election where people can just vote on straight issues, but. Maybe that's for a different type of podcast. Yeah, a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to don't want to ruffle any uh, fur of the Jackrabbit pool. Yeah, yeah, we we stay out of that pool. Yeah, it's a deep one. Yeah, so I, I need big big uh, big water wings for that pool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. All right, uh, so let's let's go back and it feels like a long time ago now, but let's recap. Uh, Jack's victory over Missouri State on Saturday. You know, Jack's moved to seven and two overall, four and one in the conference. I was actually pretty proud of us, Kyle. We did a pretty good job of uh, diagnosing what that game was going to look like. Uh, what What are your initial thoughts, or what were your initial thoughts as you were watching it? Yeah, it pretty much played out a lot like you and I anticipated, man. I mean, we thought CJ was going to tear it up. Uh, the field played to his skill set, which is that that electric explosive speed that he brings to the table. You know, he's that one cut, not even really a cut. He's just shot out of a cannon um, and he's going to gash you just like he did. You know, he, he only had uh, eight carries, but made the most of those carries, racked up about 97 yards, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, before exiting uh, due to getting banged up a little bit on a, a big explosive play. So that was awesome to see. Um, I was most impressed probably by the way Keaton moved within the pocket, him stepping up into the pocket as, as pressure kind of uh, uh, maneuvered around him to try to get home. He did an excellent job there because you'll tend to see younger quarterbacks or even guys uh, later in their career who just don't have a good feel within the pocket stare down, stare down receivers or stare at the rush. Um, and if you watched his head movement, uh, he was doing a really good job at going through his progression. Obviously, the more reps he gets, the more live action reps, he's going to go through that progression more quickly. But I thought he did some nice things, uh, showed some nice touch on passes, specifically to the one to Blake Coons um, that we got to secure all the way through. Um, but that was a big momentum play. Really nice to watch him move in the pocket there. So, yeah, I was excited about that on offense. What did you think of Heidi? Yeah, uh, you know, I think I talked about this early in the season. I can't remember. I know I put it in the blog. 
but in high school, Heidi's offensive line last year was terrible. And so when you watched his tape, his highlight tape, he was running for his life. Uh, and you never, I just never knew for sure, like what type of quarterback he would be. Uh, but obviously the coaches saw something in him at the prospect camp or else they wouldn't have offered him a scholarship. Uh, but he, I thought he looked really good. I, I was really, really happy. He throws a nice ball. Sure. He underthrew a few passes. Uh, but I think that's to kind of be expected when you're, you know, your first start playing full speed uh, with the starters, you know? Uh, so, you know, if he, if he learns to air it out a little bit and, and get a little more under it, uh, you know, especially on that, that one deep pass to Cade for sure. Uh, I really am excited for, for what he can bring. Uh, I think he's mobile enough. Uh, I thought the offensive line, they, they struggled at the first couple series I thought, but then settled down as the game went along and as we've seen continually throughout this season, uh, wore down that defensive line, just leaning on them the whole game. Uh, those body blows in the first quarter turned into knockout punches in the second half. Uh, so, you know, I thought, I thought the Adam Anderson stepping up to, to have a good game. So I thought those around him stepped up to have just a really nice game to support him uh, in a big way in his first start. I felt the same, man, and I was really excited to see Adam get get rolling a little bit, you know, catch his first touchdown of his senior campaign in the ninth game. That's tough, right, because you have lofty expectations as a leader of your ball club. But the things that he's done by consistently showing up, blocking downfield, making the most of his opportunities when he does touch the ball, he had that nice 44-yard uh, explosive play that really helped catapult the Jacks moving forward and getting his young quarterback some more confidence under his belt because he did have to somewhat extend that play. Heidi did. So that was really nice to see. Um, I think one of the things that uh, I would like to see a little done a little bit better just from a technical standpoint um, from the offensive line is I I was noticing some plays and I don't know if it's just the angles that we're getting, but it, it does seem a little bit like a key or a tendency that they're giving away when they're pulling it's telegraphed clear as day. So some of the guys need to kind of dial in um, their stance, their demeanor and their, their alignment. Cause sometimes if you cheat your alignment on a good defensive front, like we're going to see this week, they'll eat that alive because they'll key that they'll see it. They'll look at tendency. Um, so hopefully we can kind of make everything look pretty uniform and crisp there, but, yeah, I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job uh, coming off of, you know, a, a tough uh, tough one the week before. Yeah, uh, and that, that rotation at guard, you know, they added another player to that mix this week in Mason McCormick. So there was four guys kind of rotating throughout the guard positions, uh, which I don't love. You know, I, I, I can appreciate wanting to keep guys fresh, uh, but at the same time, I would really like someone – or two guys to step up and, and take some ownership over those guard spots. Uh, it gets a little messier still this week when Wes Gannant, uh, Stig's already said Gannant's playing this week. Marshawn Harris is playing this week. Uh, yeah. So, so awesome. it's awesome. It's good. But, but now we, you know, we, we just need some, someone to step up and own this position and, and leave no doubt that they are the starting left guard and the starting right guard. Um, I thought McCormick looked good in his limited snaps. Uh, and at times, you know, Eddie Miller's looked good. And at times, Egan Lickis has looked good. Uh, John Gritzmacher's had some nice plays here and there. Uh, so it's really just, it's an interesting battle right now. And one that I, I wish we had gotten sorted out, uh, you know, in fall camp. 
Yeah, and it just seems to be, though, um, just looking at it from kind of a macro view, it seems to be that Eck does like to just run guys in in waves. And obviously he's building, you know, to win a championship, you do need to build depth. But, man, that is uh, also a good point that you touch on. You want that sol solidarity throughout the unit um, for communication purposes, for, you know, reduction of mental errors because you're not you're, you're locked into a consistent snap count and cadence um, as opposed to working with, you know, maybe Nelson or whomever else taking those second and third string reps in practice. So, yeah, it's it's great because I like the physicality that McCormick showed. I don't know if you got to see some of mm -hmm. that, but he, he was he was finishing some blocks pretty well. And um, so it's 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 good long term. But, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it'd be nice to definitely this week. Right. Because as we'll touch on, they got some dogs on the other side of the line. Yeah. Uh, speaking of substitutions, we didn't touch on this pregame, uh, but what are your thoughts on running Cannon in for a series? It's been kind of a big topic, I think, in Jackrabbit Nation. Yeah, um, I'm not going to second guess the coaches from the standpoint that I don't know what their objective is. So I, I think I'd be a little uh, remiss to speak on it from that angle. But what I will say is I think what you have to do is give Heidi maximal reps, right? He's shown that we don't know where his ceiling is. I think a lot of us have kind of an idea of where Cannon's ceiling is. And, you know, he's a heck of a player in his own right, just within a different kind of skill set. And we know what he brings to the table, uh, talking about Nelson. So I think that, you know, maybe it's good here and there when the game is in hand to kind of get him some more play. But, but I like Heidi uh, the rest of the way through with every snap there is to take. Yeah, yeah. Uh... You, you said that much nicer than, than I was going to, Kyle, so I appreciate that. Uh, but I still I'm... want those birthday texts from Stig, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm right there with you. Uh, yesterday on the Tyler Merriam show, Stig was asked about it. Uh, why? Or the John Stiglmeyer show at Kelby's that Tyler hosts. Uh, why they did it. And, and Stig said, well, Cannon's really invested in the program, and, and he deserves that. And to me, that's, that's not a satisfactory answer. Um, can't, I think you and I both at the start of the season were, were really probably more positive about Cannon than, than a lot of Jackrabbit nation. <laughs> um, yeah. and I think willing to give the benefit of the doubt. And, and I think you're, you're right. We, we know who Cannon is and I don't know if one or two series per game is going to change that. Um, that's well put yeah I like how you kind of cap that off and I think too man we have to find what we have in Heidi and allow the game to slow down for him mm -hmm. and when you're facing uh you know a defensive front seven like we're going to run into this week and you're facing a, a, a defensive minded head coach in Brock's back uh he's gonna throw things at you that you're you know if you, you might not have seen on film they, they run that, you know, amoeba kind of third and long defense where, you know, they, they force the offensive line to try to identify, uh, you know, their man uh, in blitz pickup or, or just protection as a whole. So where are you sliding the front? You know, who's going to chip who? And, and when you start to uh, second guess, you don't want to run into like a Sam Darnold situation where you're seeing ghosts because you haven't taken enough reps at it. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, before we move on to defense, just want to give a couple more shout outs to, uh, to some players. Kay Johnson, again, we got to see out in the open field, how good he looks. He's just, he's just special in the open field. 
Uh, Dion Campbell got to show some speed there. We called that one too, Matt. Yeah. We wanted to see him get, get some more touches and it was nice. I think he's averaging like an insane, uh, yards per, per touch. Uh, so it'll be good to see him get some more run throughout the year. Yep. Yep. Pierre strong again, you know, he's been, he was closer to home. So, uh, hopefully he had some family in the stands there that maybe doesn't usually get to see, uh, now who's see that Pierre strong. Is he the court? Is he the quarterback? Yeah. He's right? a quarterback. Right? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, He's he's leading the team in uh, completion percentage. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty good. Uh, and then you know Aaron Johnson was named Player of the Week uh, along the offensive line, uh, and I thought he really did have a nice game. Uh, and so again, it's that consistency piece for Aaron. If we can just carry it over week oh, yeah. to week to week, the talent is there. He has a super high ceiling. Uh, so. Yep. So if we can just carry it over every week, uh, we have something special with him. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, just racking up over 500 yards of total offense was yeah. really, really a testament to what the capability is of the offense as a whole when we start to click a little bit and we start to get some of that momentum. Ball security needs to be cleaned up a little bit because we did have the fumble on the explosive run by CJ, had the fumble by – uh, Blake Coons on the long pass play to convert. So we need to obviously take better care of the ball, but you know, there's nothing better than uh, helping build and boost the confidence of a young freshman starting quarterback when you can rack up uh, yards on the ground and you can be consistent through the air. He had a nice little completion percentage too. So yeah, that was good to see. Yep. So uh, before we get into Illinois state, let's talk just a little bit more about the defense and how we thought they performed. Uh, I'll start on this one. Uh, the chain gang, the defensive line, uh, really, really played great. Just every single guy that cycled through, Thomas Stacker flashed a couple times. Uh, but really, the, the three that stood out to me, Quentin Hicks, Ryan Arith, and Xavier Ward. Holy oh, yeah. smokes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just bending people, breaking them. And, man, I tweeted out at one point, Arith got tackled. He got up pursued the ball back to where he began the snap kind of from his DM position and ran to, I think, top of the opposite numbers mm-hmm. uh, to get in and active on the play. And, and when you pick up the, uh, the clicker, the remote, and you're watching film as an underclassman and you're trying to understand what the standard is for Jackrabbit football, you don't have any questions. There's no doubt after you watch that. There's no doubt when you watch Adam Anderson blocking 20 yards downfield uh, or even away from the ball. There's no doubt when you see Cade getting frustrated when the, the standard isn't being reached as as we're not clicking on all cylinders on offense. So there's really just an excellent job of senior leadership, uh, especially the chain gang, like you're saying. So that was awesome. Awesome yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, I thought, what did you see on defense besides besides that? Uh, any, anyone else stand out at the yes, other levels? Yeah, Bacchus was just wreaking havoc again. You know, he had a really nice uh, tackle toe. Uh, he got the hockey assist on the uh, quarterback rush and knockdown on the Barracuda's pick. Hey, yeah, which he approves uh, of. Con- he, he confirmed it. <laughs> he, he confirmed it. He likes Barracuda, and so does Cade confirmed it. He gave the okay as well, so we're going to roll <laughs> with that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty fresh little nickname there. I haven't heard of many Barracudas, yeah. so. Uh, but it was cool to see him get that, get some confidence back up just from some, you know, I guess 
probably what he even himself and the rest of the secondary would consider a little lackluster performances uh, across the board. But, you know, they, they were able to turn uh, the ball over a couple times, got uh, picked by uh, the one kind of uh, garbage pick at the end of the half there on the Hail Mary attempt. Yeah, diamonds. Which I would love. Please knock that ball down, man. I have flashbacks of, uh, of a different game where, you know, didn't turn out in our favor on a, on a really uh, – fourth down play that tipped pick that ended up being a converted first down, but we won't talk about that anymore. <laughs> but uh, Mike, Michael Griffin also uh, getting in on the action, getting that fumble recovery was great. Um, I, I think they got those garbage points though, man. I would like to see us on that one long run. Uh, I think seven could have taken the air out of the play a little bit more because mm-hmm. uh, the, the the play was spilled to, I believe him as the uh, the contained player on that. So that would have been nice, but you know, you, you know, that's kind of why the predictions, I always try to be practical with them, but hopefully the boys can get a shutout uh, before the year's end. Agreed. A uh, couple things to clean up, you know, overall looking at team wise uh, penalties, again, procedural penalties. We got to stop putting the ball on the turf and we got to make kicks. Uh, right. So those are, those are the big three oh, that have kind of haunted us all season. I think fumbles, penalties missed kicks <laughs> yeah and i and, and i you know some of it looks operational some of it doesn't but i think that too many people are encouraging maybe uh our kickers or too many people are adding input to our kickers maybe they are maybe they aren't but my my approach would be to let the kicker kind of decompress mm-hmm. let him you know clear his head get away from people don't even think about kicking a ball uh until maybe the 11th hour and then get back into that rhythm. Cause sometimes it's like, you know, when I go out on a golf course for the first time every year, I'm like, man, maybe I should have been a golfer. And then I play the week after and I suck. So it's just like, sometimes it's that, that just revisiting when you're, when it hasn't been fresh in your mind, you have that beginner's luck again. So maybe that, maybe something to that effect could help them out. But I still have faith in Vinny. The operation can just clean up a little bit. Um, but uh, it's from right from is the other yep. kicker. I think he'll he'll have, you know, he'll have his opportunity. And if we need to call on him, I think he'll be ready. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can just clean that whole procedural stuff up where we got. A, a, we're not snapping laces because you saw his uncle ran into that issue. I don't know if you yeah. saw uh, Adam. Yep. He got hit. But uh, as Patty Mack says, that's a snapper issue. Mm. Uh, so hopefully we can get good snaps, good holds, and then I uh, can just continue to hit kicks perfect anything else from this game any final thoughts no not really just love love the effort like i said that the seniors played with uh like what the young guys did like the depth that we've been able to formulate throughout the season you know we got we're nine games in now we're getting into the the meat of it this is the stretch so hopefully you know do you know if cj is healthy he got banged up a little I, bit. Do you yeah, know what the... I haven't heard. Uh, according to the, the radio show last night, he was undergoing tests today, but I haven't heard anything yet on his status. So Okay, so that's going to be – that's important. You know, obviously we need him. We need that whole stable because it just keeps us um, balanced. It opens up the playbook more just to have different personnel be able to roll in. But, but yeah, so overall, top to bottom, I think it was – a more complete game uh, than we've seen uh, in a while. But I'd like, again, like you said, man, I would like us to play near penalty free. 
Like if we can just do one of those, you know, and not turn the ball over would be great, but at least, you know, not penalty ridden would be nice. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Cause you know, the, the one holding penalty negated a big run. I think we eventually scored on that drive, but, but still it just, if we could just clean it up a little bit, pass interference allowed them to extend drives a couple times. Uh, the, the false starts put us in bad positions. Uh, you know, so it just, we just can't, we just can't put ourselves in those positions. So. Yeah. And, and that's, I really am not trying to, to rail on Missouri state here, but they're the bottom of the barrel in the conference. And to, just to be frank, we could be at probably 70% strength and continue to, you know, chip away at them just because it's just the difference of where the programs are currently at this juncture. And coach Stig is the first person to tell you, you know, life's an average. So maybe they can, they can bounce back uh, in their own right. The bears can, but we cannot afford to have mental errors or turn the ball over against teams like Illinois state, UNI, uh, and rolling into the playoffs. So got to shore that up. Exactly. All right. So Illinois state, great segue. Um, Illinois State comes in at six and three, three and two in the conference. They uh, had a terrible fourth quarter last week against you and I that 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 uh, that just destroyed any chance they had of winning. Uh, their fourth quarter, their their possessions in the fourth quarter looked like this. They ran one play, they threw an interception. They you and I scored. They ran one play, they fumbled. They ran two plays, they had an interception. And then they ran four plays and the game was over. That's their fourth quarter right there. <laughs> so seven Man. plays, three turnovers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going to get it done, you know. And it's it's not going to get it done when uh, you waste defensive efforts like they, they put out there. I, I think their defensive front seven is super stout, like we talked about. You know, you got Romeo McKnight. You got Zeke Vandenberg. You got Ty DeForest. You got guys who can really get after the passer because they lead or led the MVFC in sacks at, going into Saturday's contest against UNI. Um, and, you know, like I alluded to, they run that kind of amoeba front on third and long situations where it's tough to identify uh, your man or your responsibility because guys are standing up in the non-traditional pass rush stance, even on the interior mm-hmm. of the line. So they're going to throw some unique things at us um, from an offensive perspective, just to kind of bring it back down. Uh, Brady Davis, you know, that Memphis transfer, they've had uh, him in in red and white for a couple of years now. But I question his decision-making, and I really question his decision-making now because he's got some wide receiver uh, weapons that are down. Um, you know, they're, they're really kind of depleted at skill position uh, because they've you've had the injury bug bite him. But, you know, going into the UNI game, he was a little over 50% in completion percentage. He'd only thrown for five touchdowns and five interceptions going into the game. So, you know, kind of paltry numbers there. Um, he does, you know, he is a talent athletically. Um, Coach Spack is kind of known for being able to recruit uh, the FBS caliber type player athletically. You know, they look great in pads. They can move really well. Yep. But, um, you know, they're aside from that 2014 season and, and kind of a strong start in 2015 before he ran into Taron Christian, um, they're, uh, you know, they, they really haven't, achieve that level of success again, top to bottom. So, but this is an interesting game, man, you know, cause they got us in, what was it? 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they uh, tripped this up. 
Um, you know, and so this is this is always kind of one of those games. And then, you know, we had a tight one last time they were at the Dana. Um, so it's it's going to come down. I think it's going to come down to uh, to good on good. Like I was telling you pregame when we were wrapping, um, I think, you know, their defensive front versus our offensive front. And uh, we'll see who can run the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'll, I'll start their defense with you there. Uh, yeah. You know, that front three, Romeo McKnight, you mentioned him. And then the guys that are next, McKnight's the, the speed rush guy. Uh, but then yep. they have Num- number eight. eight. Yep. And then they have two big uh, nose guard and defensive end or whatever they want to call it in the three, four, uh, Jason Lewin and John Ridgeway. And they were both uh, freshman All-Americans last year for Hero Sports. They're huge. Lewin, 6'6", 290. Ridgeway, 6'6", 325. Uh, they are big. Ridgeway plays really nasty. Uh, so Matt Clark and the guards are going to have their hands full with him. Uh, and then they trot in another guy, 6'6", 290, Steve Podkulski. He's their primary backup. And as we were talking before, the one thing that gives me hope is that they really only play these four defensive linemen. They they really don't have much depth along that defensive line. And so I think, you know, we're going to have to take advantage of that. And it may be kind of a slow burn, just like we've seen all season. You know, the runs might not be there in the first half, but in the second half, these guys get wore down. We start breaking some 8, 12, 15-yard runs, and then maybe that, possibly that one breakaway home run that we sometimes look for. So – uh, the, the, uh, the flip side of it though, is their linebacking core has tremendous depth. Uh, they're, they're playing seven guys, uh, throughout the game. They can trot in. They look pretty interchangeable as well. DeForest hangs out in the middle, uh, but the rest of them really have some versatility to them. So they'll be at full strength. Uh, Clark missed last week's game against you and I, but he's planning on playing this week. So yeah, and, you know, their losses are to an FBS, Northern Illinois. North Dakota State took them to the woodshed uh, in Fargo. No, it was it wasn't yep. normal, I believe. And then, you know, they they took care of Southern Illinois. Obviously, they took care of the Leathernecks. Uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously because I think the Leathernecks got a win on Saturday. So, <laughs> oh, low blow. Ooh. And then uh, – <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying facts here. I'm the facts guy. And then uh, we had uh, – you know, they took care of Indiana State and were on a little three-game uh, run there until they ran into the Panthers of Northern Iowa. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see because – it's tough to tell with that with that schedule and that record so far. It's tough to to tell what they're going to yeah. roll out. Honestly, yeah. Kyle, um, one thing that I wanted to bring up because we've I, I I got a little bit fooled by the sacks as well. Uh, Thirty three on the season. So that's that's a great number, right? So yeah. Stig said something on the show last night that caught my attention, and so I looked it up. He said, "Uh, you know, they they've had they've been okay pass rushing. They have thirty three sacks, but don't let the numbers totally fool you." So I looked it up. And 20 of these 33 sacks more ahead state yeah, probably came, came in the non-conference season. So 20 yeah. and then the, so that leaves 13 sacks during the conference season. Nine of those sacks came against Southern Illinois <laughs> with, oh, with, wow. with another three coming against Western Illinois. And then the la- last yeah. two weeks they've had zero sacks against Indiana state and you and I. So that 33 sacks wow. sounds pretty yeah, impressive. So it's skewed yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. So it, I just thought that was really interesting. And 
how Stig said it during the Miriam show was like, hmm, it perked my interest. So went and looked it up. Yeah, you know, and that's a great point because stats are sterile until you really do kind of a, a nice little deep dive into the ones that are most relevant to the matchup. So that's a great point because yeah, I still do think it's good on good if you if you turn on the tape. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think you would agree, yes. Matt, yep. like – it's going to be our line versus their defensive uh, front seven. And, and, you know, just with their sheer athleticism, um, they, they've been good at still rushing the passer in those yep. games, but man, if we can nullify that because their secondary is suspect. Yep. Uh, McIlvain was able to get uh, just some basic route patterns too, like a skinny post on one and a seam on a couple other that I was able to, to watch him convert. So yeah, it'll be, It'll be exciting, and and uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit different when you start getting into the to the Dakota teams in the Missouri Valley. Yeah, yep. The the one guy in their secondary that we have to mention is Luther Kirk. Uh, he's on NFL draft radars uh, at safety. Uh, but you're right, at the outside, the corners, uh, pretty inexperienced, and so far this year they haven't looked great. Uh, so, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how Keaton looks. We'll see how our offensive line gives time. Uh, I'm excited for the for our offense to go against this this defense. That's for sure. Yeah, man, this is always one of the the more fun games to watch, in my opinion, regardless of score, because it's going to be a physical game. Yep. This you and I, North Dakota State, those are the three games in the valley that I tend to look forward to in terms of quality of of ball, top to bottom. Now, obviously, like uh, I look forward to the Missouri States and the Indiana States just because I want to see an offense put the pedal to the floor, but, you know, uh, giving respect where it's due, I think Illinois States, your Youngstown States, defensively anyway, UNIs, teams like that, those are the ones uh, that's nice to see the Jacks be challenged a little bit as well on offense and defense. Yep. So uh, looking at the Redbird offense, you touched on a little bit, you want to see more out of Davis. We, we really need to make sure we mention James Robinson. Uh, he's one of, he's uh, one yeah. of the best backs right now in the Valley and in, in all the FCS. Um, I think Pierre's better personally, Pierre's more well-rounded. Uh, but Robinson, uh, you use the term in our text group on, on Saturday. Uh, we're really going to have to rally tackle with Robinson because yeah. he's a load, you know, five ten two twenty. Uh, he's hard to get down in space. So everyone's going to have to be running to the ball like we did at the start of the season. That's for sure. Yeah, and I feel like he's been playing for the Redbirds for about ten years too. It's like him and him and Roseboom. I feel like have been uh, playing playing head to head for quite some time now. So it'll be nice to see him uh, graduate just for the sheer fact we don't have to tackle him anymore. But yeah, he's a heck of a player. Um, built built a lot like Zenner in terms of stature, but yeah, a little more shift maybe mm-hmm. um, stylistically. But also, you know, he'll he'll lower the the shoulder pads as well. Yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal back. He, he might get a little NFL look, but he's definitely a good quality talent. Yep. Uh, at wide receivers, you mentioned they lost two of their top receivers to start the season due to injury. Uh, they've been playing some younger players. Uh, a true freshman that's been catching my eye a little bit on tape, uh, 15, Casper uh, Rukowitz. Uh, and yep. he's 5'8", 165, so that might be a good matchup for Malik Lofton uh, if they work him in the slot. And so I, I look forward to kind of seeing Malik uh, just all over him. You know, uh, uh, Illinois State doesn't use a fullback, but they have two huge-ass tight ends, <laughs> Tanner Tala and yeah. Robert Gillum. Gillum is especially impressive, in my opinion. And, and watching, watching them uh, the last couple of years with Gillum, 
I've really enjoyed watching him just because he he looks like a guard, but he moves really pretty well. Uh, but he just he can block like crazy. So I like that. Yeah, <laughs> in their offensive scheme, at least against you and I, which it, you know it, it's tweaked and modified week to week, but it looked a lot like the offense that I used to run uh, in blue and yellow. So I, I enjoyed that the, the twelve personnel sets. You know, I think that they're probably at a disadvantage, kind of forced into that to some degree with some of the the depletion at wideout. But they, you know, they they'll do a lot of uh, motions and trades and stuff with their tight ends, and you know, they'll they'll run the the swipe back block against the opposite side D D end where the tight end will come across the formation looking to get running lanes at the front side a gap, or if they run counter footwork with the running back Robinson back there, they'll try to you know bend it back. So look for a lot of just standard stuff that you've seen from from the Jacks as far as run game attack. I should say standard stuff that you've seen throughout the year because obviously Jack has more wrinkles than uh, – well, I'll just say he has a lot of Yeah, wrinkles. let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it PG. But, you know, uh, another thing I'm glad you brought up, Matt, the, looking at the roster for Illinois State, they have an all-world main team. Yeah. Cas- Casper Rekovic, like you said, they got Romeo McKnight. Uh, Iverson Brown. They just have they have a lot of unique and, names. If you go, if you scroll through, yeah, an offensive lineman with the last name Bones, Drew Bones, yeah, Bones, yeah, yeah. Peyton <laughs> Ash. I think Felique uh, <laughs> Brown. That's that's another one, a running back that they got there. So uh, Braden Bizram. I mean, there's just all world <laughs> name team. Like they take the cake in the valley for all for the names. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, a player that just to give give our crowd a fair warning, uh, Drew Himmelman. He's their left tackle. Uh, on a field with huge men, he still stands out. He's six ten, um, <laughs> and he's really good. He's a good athlete. So I look forward to seeing him and Aerith battling on the edge there. That should be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, it's man. I'm going to be watching the trenches all day on Saturday. I can't wait. Uh, do you know what the weather's going to be like, Matt? Yeah, last I looked, um, upper 30s, low 40s, dry, um, not a huge wind. So really, for November, about as good a football weather as you could ask for. Yeah, sounds nice. Sounds crisp. Nice, brisk fall air in Brookings, South Dakota. Should be good. Advantage of the ticket sales that I see, I've seen on social media. Yeah, right? Insanely, like, slash, slash prices, like, against this quality football. If you're going to go to a game, you go against UNI, North Dakota State, Illinois State, like I've been saying this whole podcast. Sorry to beat a dead horse, but seriously, like this is these are the teams that you want to go watch. It's quality. Yeah. So what's the one package? Two, two, two both games. You and I and Illinois State for twenty bucks. That's amazing. <laughs> and you and Matt, you were at the game uh, of all games, uh, the Dakota Border Battle. You saw what happens when we literally bring the blue. Yeah. Uh, late in the game, we're driving in the south end zone towards the scoreboard. We get that turnover, and you start hearing the home side on, on the Dana side just erupting in, in, in a chant, let's go rabbits. And that, and you see how many false start and procedural errors the Bison had in that game. You can see what happens with your influence on the game, man. Like, uh, I just don't understand – the young kids, you know, there's what five, six home games a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game is about three hours a, a pop. So if you figure that's, you know, call it 20 hours of your fall. What else is there to do in Brookings, man? I went to school there. 
there's a lot now, but you know, there's still not not enough to not watch your alma mater. Yeah, yeah, it's just well, that's it. you know, like I, I think about it and stuff. As, as a student, I was at every single game. I was thinking this week about the first Illinois State game I went to uh, when it was snowy and cold, and uh, you guys just whooped the snot out of them. Oh, like dude, that was that was the coldest <laughs> game ever, Matt. And you went to that oh, game. Yeah. It was. Dude, I was. I was like just, one of twenty five students there. Plus. Uh, the drum You're, line was there too. I remember the drum line being there. <laughs> Honestly, you are probably a tougher man than everyone that suited up for that game because we had those like jet heaters on the sideline, but I don't know what they had in the stands because that was literally the coldest game I've ever ex- – that might have been the coldest day I've ever experienced. <laughs> but real quick funny story for you, when Eric Schroeder came out in the cutoff crop tee <laughs> and I saw all the Illinois State people on the – and I'm not – and Schroeder's not a showy person at all, but he broke their will right there with that. When they're coming out in like mittens and overcoats yeah. just for their warm-ups, yep. and he walked out for that. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. where they used to run in uh, when they'd cross over, you know, from the hyper, they'd run in that. Uh, that yep. And I just remember them coming in in their parkas and stuff, not even running, just like walking to the bench. Like you knew it was over, and you guys just went out and smacked them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think Ryan Berry got their coach uh, an early exit after that one. Um, Ryan Berry set the school record for touchdown passes in a game with seven. In oh, game. Geez. And, and, and he should have had an eight And coach Meadows and uh, coach Bailey at the time. were like, I don't know. I don't know how, how well we're going to be able to throw in this one. Cause it was windy sure. too. So, but man, that's the type of stuff, right guys? Like if you're a young person listening to this, that you're, you're a student currently, or you're a fan and you're kind of mulling over what you're going to do for the weekend. Like those are the things you remember. Yeah. And this team, not to slight any of my former teammates, this team has way more talent than we have. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, it's just the nature of the game and the culture of football right now. It's a faster athlete, bigger athlete, more resources, Guys, you get to go watch in that palace, the Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll quit selling, but I'm kind of jealous I can't be there. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so with that, Kyle, what, what do you have for prediction? I honestly think this is – I hope it's a high-scoring affair for us, but I think it's going to be kind of a fight in the phone booth, as Ryan McKnight would say. It's going to probably be – I'll call it – I'll call it 21-14 good guys. Okay. Uh, I said seventeen ten, so yeah. yeah. I wanted to go with that, but I always go a little opposite of my instinct. sure. I'm I'm interested. I know they don't necessarily make score predictions, but but texting uh, Ben and Brendan a, a little bit today, what they're going to come up with for for a prediction because Ben Ben was talking pretty high scoring. He thinks we're going to light their defense up, so we'll see. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, I, lo- I love his confidence, man. Um, yeah, I want to see – I just want to see consistency from Heidi. Maybe get him a couple uh, slants or things, uh, you know, early quick quick passes to the outside on the edge to Cade, depending on how they're going to play him. I, like, that, that's going to be an X factor. I'll watch Cade in this one. Uh, Cade and Yonke in the pass game. I think Mikey's going to do well in this one. I think his style of play just works well f- with this. Yep. Because, you know, getting into the fourth quarter – uh, I think he's just going to kind of wear him down a little bit in short yardage. So, hope, I mean, that's my hope, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, all right. Who do you like? So, who do you like? In so, it? Oh, who's, your who's guy my watch? guy to watch this week on offense? I haven't even really thought about this <laughs> on offense. I mean, the, the obvious one 
if we're going to have to rely on the run and really wear him, uh, Pierre. And and yeah. and I think it's kind of a wouldn't necessarily expect it because of Illinois State's sound run defense, but but I really think we're going to have to lean on him with with the games that I think Spack could be playing yeah. uh, with our, with our yeah. freshman quarterback. It, it worries me a little bit on that. So uh, I'm going to go yeah. with Pierre, and I know that's kind of a cop out, but sometimes you got to ride your ride your lead dogs. So. Yeah, and hopefully Adam can emerge again. I, I think they do have holes in the secondary. Yeah. I really they watching them against you and I communicating and stuff was a little bit of an issue. So sure. that's good. And then on D, Bacchus. That's my guy. Going with Bacchus? Okay. Well, Rosaboom's Rosa gonna be so solid like he always is. Um, but Bacchus, he can kind of free flow, even though he's the Sam, he just seems to be heady and around the ball. Sure. I, I'm gonna go with Griff. I think Griff's gonna get another interception this week. So hey, I like that. Yep. That'll be that'll be a streak of ten straight games with a pick. So hopefully Jackson keeps that. Hey, there we go. Uh, just we have a little bit of time, so just want to touch touch on recruiting just a little bit. Uh, have one official visit that I know of, or two official visits I think this week. Uh, kid from Florida that's coming up, Cole I think is his last name. So he's he's coming up, and then our our we already have the commit from Abe Hoskins from Omaha Central. He's going to play cornerback for us. He played cornerback and quarterback uh, in in high school. And then we had an offer out today to a running back from Missouri, Avian Thomas, I believe is his name. And so he has, you know, some nice little tape on him too. So a a little more of a speed guy, uh, really compliments the the back we have committed already, Isaiah Davis from Missouri quite well. So uh, we'll see on that. And then just a word to our guys who are committed. Uh, now is the season when some of the FBS programs are going to start coming after you guys. And they could be Power 5 uh, or they could be uh, the Power 5s offering walk-ons, whatever it may be. Uh, stay committed to the Jacks. We have a tremendous class. Uh, this is a tremendous group coming in. And remember the investment portion, all of that good stuff. Uh, when you were on your official visits and camp, the family that you enjoyed uh, at, at SDSU. So really, as these other campuses and other colleges are coming after you to try to flip your commitment, uh, stay strong, stay with the Jacks. We're going to love you. Uh, and we're going to win a championship with you when you're in Brookings. We know that. Couldn't have put any better, man. Yeah, and you don't want to be someone's uh afterthought you want to be uh the fixture and the feature right and coach jackson says it best by investing in in the the guys that they have their sights set on and not they're not one of these programs that's just blanket offering a million guys and seeing who bites so yeah you you just go with your intuition right ask the right questions Uh, and if you're committed like matt says man honor it honor it and uh those who stay will be champions hey there we go i'm just trying to pull up that name quick for the guy that that's coming in uh from florida because i want to give him his credit uh devin cole devin cole an athlete from lake manola high school in florida so another one of those florida jacks potentially that's right when you're playing for championships doesn't matter what the temperature is like outside i can speak to it being from georgia so yep enjoy enjoy uh playing ball if you get the opportunity there we go all right. Any anything else, Kyle? From you, any last words? Just excited to get to Saturday, just to see uh, what the what the product is we roll out there. And uh, other than that, just uh, yeah, hope 
just going to take it as it comes each day. Sounds good. All right, go Jacks. Run rabbits. This has been the Splitting Hairs podcast. Remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Honor it and uh, those who stay will be champions. The, looking at the roster for Illinois State, they have an all-world team. Yeah. Casper Rekovic, like you said, they got Romeo McKnight, uh, Iverson Brown, 